Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Real World. This is your host, Don Polo talking to you from the CITR station at UBC Point Grey Campus, located in the unceded territory of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh Nations. It is... Oh, okay, I can hear me now. I wasn't able to hear me for some reason. I was very confused. Okay, anyways. Uh, hi, I'm Juan. So Sorry, that really threw me off. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, you know... I am here once again joined by the incredible, the amazing Lily Grove. Say hello, Lily. Hello. Who, by the way, Lily wasn't here last week, but Lily won the elections and she's actually going to be the next radio liaison for UBC Film Society. So yeah, claps for Lily. Thank you. Hell yeah. Congrats. You know, and you know what that means? That means that after I leave, which is going to be very soon, you know. Lily is going to be taking over the real world and she's going to become the next host of this show. So I know you guys love Lily. I know I know you all tune in solely for Lily. I am just like, you know, the little side thing. Um, but yeah, you know, so hey, good news for all of you guys, you know, uh, you're, you're getting rid of Juan and then it's just going to be Lily. It's going to be amazing. Juan will be coming back for cameos. I don't will. Don't worry <laughs> for all of the ones who only come for Juan. I don't think there are many of those. <laughs> I, I bet there are. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I mean, I am extremely excited to see what you do with the real world, Lily. And I am very proud. I feel like a father <laughs> whose daughter just went on to walk in her father's footsteps. I might just cry. I, I hope you do, Lily. I you, learned everything I know from you. Oh, thank you so much. You've made, you've made me very proud today, Lily. <laughs> very, very proud. Maybe a proud papa. Yeah, well, I'm very excited to host next year. And bring a new junior on. Hell yeah. You'll also have to give your stamp of approval. I will. I can't wait. And and yeah, by the way, you know, this doesn't mean that like, you know, as soon as I leave the real world, like Lily's going to start the next week and it's going to go throughout the summer. No, no, no. Okay. We're, we're taking a break of the real world throughout the summer and then Lily's coming back in September and that's when the real world is coming back on air. Okay. Um. So yeah, we're joined with Lily. <laughs> a huge introduction. <laughs> And we are also joined by someone who has become kind of a recurrent guest here in the real world, you know. We brought him in once and we were like, hey, good, we, we got rid of him now. He's not coming back ever again, but you know. Little did we know. Little did we know. He became a fan favorite and they just keep asking <laughs> us for the Mexican guy. So say hello, Fernando. You're here once again. Hello. I'm back for third time? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah hell yeah. <laughs> hey, you get, get out of here, man. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, you know, always good to have you here. I'm glad you're here. You know, of course, Fernando, for those of you who don't know, he destroyed Lily when we played the game of guess what movie this song is from. Uh, and then Fernando was also here last week along with Liam Riley when they talked about the movies that shaped them. Keeping that in mind, you know, as you guys know, the main series that we've been doing this term is called The Movies That Shaped Us, where, you know, we have brought different guests to the show, and they are able to talk about the movies that shaped them, movies that made them into the person they are today. Once again, you know, a little caveat, this is not a list of their favorite movies or the best movies they've seen, this is just a list of movies that really impacted them and the person they are so we've done episodes with Alma, we've done episodes with me, we've done episodes with Liam, with Fernando, and now it is time to do an episode with the one and only, the incredible Lily Grow. Best for last, long awaited. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, cl we're closing with a boom. So Lily, do you want to like give a little introduction, like not jumping into the movies, but just like give, give us a little tease, give us a little introduction? Okay, yeah. I'm going to be talking about, unfortunately, less than 80 
for (laughs) (laughs) films like Juan decided to do. Um, A little bit less. And I'm going to go chronologically is the way it panned out for me. But I want to start with a song that does not directly transition into my first um, movie. But I just needed to like distribute it so that the songs aren't too close together. And you, this is like a pretty famous movie moment singing moment Uh and so it'll just be like a little you guys can see if you know what will be mentioned later on in my episode from this song i see and here it is listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. You know what I could go for right now? Authentic flour tortillas pan-fried until golden brown. Yum! Or vegan taco kits filled with traditional Mexican chilies and spices. Yeah, that sounds good. Or how about vegan potato and chorizo taquitos? How can I get these foods immediately? 
Buy Lita's Mexican Foods. Sounds delicious. Tell me more. Lita's Mexican Foods is a female-managed, plant-based Mexican food innovator in BC. Their products come pre-packaged and frozen at tons of local grocery stores around Metro Vancouver. Not to mention they can be cooked in under 10 minutes! Wow, that sounds perfect for me. I've been so busy lately and dinner takes so long to make. Where can I get my hands on some Lita's Mexican Foods? Lots of places! Whole Foods, Choices, Stongs, Vegan Supply, Donald's, and even UBC Bookstore. Hey, where are you going? To buy some Lita's Mexican foods. See you later. See ya. Students of UBC, join us. Join the SSN, a collaboration between the C4 Choral Composition Club and the Music Production Club. With us, you can find someone with whom to collaborate, someone with whom to make music. All skill levels welcome. SSN at gmail.com. Reach out. Together, we can make music. Join us. Welcome back to the real world. This is your host, Juan Polo Sá, talking to you from CITR 101.9 FM Vancouver. I hope you enjoyed that musical break, but now it is time to jump back into our main topic, which is the movies that shaped the one and only Lily Grove. Okay, I'm going to start out with childhood films. I don't have years. All I just remember being very little when I watched these, and I haven't rewatched a lot of them since, but I have vague memories. But I'll start off with one that's a little bit bigger in my mind, and I can remember a little bit more of. This is The Goonies. Have you guys seen? I have seen. Wait, you haven't seen The Goonies, Fernando? I've never seen The Goonies. What the hell? (laughs) Well, you should. Not all of my movies on this list I would actually recommend anyone to watch, but this one, you should, Fernando. (laughs) I will. It's a fun movie. Yeah, it's so fun. So this is 1985 film, and I think it was my dad who suggested it. In my mind, he's like the one who was a big Goonies fan. And my memory of it, I was just talking about my with my family about it, is we watched it in one of like the little TV rooms in my house and we all like sat on pillows on the floor and we're watching the Goonies and I remember being a little bit scared of it um but it was also just a really sweet memory with the family and my mom reminded me of this one moment in it so Chuck in the film is Jewish and we uh-huh. are also Jewish. <laughs> and at one time, like, the the bad guys who, like, escape the prison and they're in their car and, like, they're trying to get the kids, whatever, whatever. Um, He's, like, trying to hitchhike or something on the road. And, and then he realizes that it's the bad guys who are pulling over right next to him. And he starts, like, praying in Hebrew. <laughs> and so under his breath, he realizes that it's these bad guys. And he's all, like, Baruch is, like, doing all his Hebrew prayers. And we all thought it was so funny that he started doing that and that's just like one of my first memories of watching a family like a family movie night i guess 
Oh. Uh-huh. And so I really like that movie, and I've rewatched it maybe once since. Still like it. Still a good film. I think it's actually good as well. Some movies I've rewatched that I remember being a bit better, <laughs> and then they're a bit of a letdown. But this one is good. Also, my next one I have is Singing in the Rain, which you also talked yes. about in yours. Yeah. Love that one. I also love that one. I remember th- watching the make them laugh scene, and I love that. Reminds me of my dad, I guess, because. Oh. Yeah, don't let this go to your head, Adam, if you're listening. <laughs> but he's always like he's a comedian. I don't know mm. if I mentioned, but um. Uh, host of Cash Cab. Host of Cash Cab. I don't know if you've heard of that one. <laughs> um, do you know Cash Cab? No. Exactly, wow. Exactly. How dare you, Fernando? You haven't heard of the world famous reality show Cash Cab? Okay, it's that Adam Grow hosts. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> he's a comedian comedian in our family so this little like the dance and song that they do for the make them laugh scene um just reminds me of him and i remember he was also the one who had us watch all that movie when we were younger oh then this is i realized that there's a bit of a pattern of like nanny like magic nannies like Uh (laughs) coming in and like fixing the family so i also have mary poppins and nanny mcphee Uh did you watch nanny mcphee though I remember, you see, I was loyal to Mary Poppins. So every time that Nanny McPhee came on TV, I was like, I'm not watching this cheap version of Mary Poppins. Well, I I didn't even realize like the parallels until I was looking back at it of like Magic Nanny coming in, helping Uh everyone get along. (laughs) But, you know, I love both of them. And specifically the one I remember is the Nanny McPhee and the Big Bang. It's like the second one. And the Big Bang? (laughs) Still with Emma Thompson. Yeah, that's what it's called. It's like 2010. It's not the original one. I don't think it has like Colin Firth in it um so it's the second one and she comes in and she's magic and she has this magic cane and she like hits the ground and then like makes the kids do like random stuff so that they learn their lessons I love it love that one and same with Mary Poppins um I really like the music in that one yes so the Sherman brothers composed the music for that one great Disney composers Ah, (laughs) little fun fact (laughs) did you watch the like Mary Poppins Returns like did we talk about that one like the really like later one like 2018 yeah we don't talk about that one but (laughs) no I I did I did I was excited you know I like Emily Blunt and you know Lin-Manuel Miranda who you know the genius behind Hamilton and who made the music for Moana and Encanto uh he was doing like the new songs for Mary Poppins Returns and you know I I was kind of excited but yeah no that one let me down I feel like it, it I don't know it, it didn't get the spirit of the first Mary Poppins. But yeah, Nanny McPhee used to make me scared. I remember, oh. like, yeah, because it, it didn't didn't the movie have, like, the whole thing of, like, she looked, like, kind of hideous, and then the better that the kids behaved, she would, like, become prettier and something like that? Yeah, Emma Thompson, like, she had, like, all these, like, big nose. It was actually, like, what the hell now I'm thinking of? Yeah. Like, <laughs> they make her have a big nose and, like, a mole, and then, like, make the kids, like hate her because yeah of yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of messed up uh, messed up actually um so maybe don't super support that part of it but i like the rest of the story and it was fun because it's like they're really bratty cousins come to their farm and she has to make like the bratty ones and like the true farm grower goers like the ones who grew up on the farm mm. like get along with the rich ones ah, um, those rich kids coming to farms <laughs> i love that story trope i love that um but she makes it work, and then by the end of the movie, like, they work together to, like, solve their problem of, like, the pigs getting away or something. Um, so it's actually really beautiful. 
You grew up on a farm, you know. You I know. I did yeah, grow up on a farm. <laughs> I I did have to figure out how to get the pigs get back the pigs in their back. coops. It's it's a common trope, yeah. So, ba- Nanny McPhee help you? Uh, no, because if I recall correctly, in that movie, the pigs fly and like they, they have like wings. <laughs> so I don't know if that is very applicable to my farm situation, but yeah, hey, good good connection, Lily. So that is kind of the childhood ones i have one more that i just don't remember uh-huh. the plot at all but it's chitty chitty bang bang <gasps> and i remember like watching it a lot like i've i just know i've seen it but yeah if any of you have watched it and remember it let me know i but... haven't watched it but i know that song because it's been referenced everywhere i'm trying to remember right now what is the movie where like it's either Belfast or The Fablemans. What is the movie where, like, a little young filmmaker goes to the movie to watch Shitty Chitty Bang Bang with his grandmother? I think, I think it's, I think it, yeah, I think it's Belfast. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's, that's everything I wanted to say. <laughs> what yeah, about you, with, Fernando? <laughs> I've never seen it. <laughs> wow. It's Dick Van Dyke. So it's very charming. I love him. Love him. And that's the end of the ones I remember from my childhood. Um, and the ones that I don't really remember very much. Moving on to this next category. Um, this one is called Giving Movies a Chance. And it was in 2010 slash 2011. I'm not really sure. But I guess what I how this shaped me was not judging a movie by its cover and giving it a chance, going to it and hearing it out. And this was my mom cho- the, chose this 2010 documentary called Babies to see oh. on Mother's Day or her birthday. I don't really remember, but it was her choice. And it was a documentary. And I was like six years old. My brother and sister were like t- 12 or like 10 and 12. Needless to say, we were not excited to go see a documentary. Um, I think we probably would have rather seen like the newest like Disney or whatever. And so we were holding it against her. We were big brats going to the theater. But she really wanted to see it because she's been a prenatal teacher. Like, she's always worked with babies and mothers, like, her whole life. Like, that's just been her job. And so this was a documentary about four babies from age zero to two. And, like, the documentary has, like, no narration. It just, like, follows them from, like, when they're born to their two. And the babies are, like, in different parts of the world. I forget, like, where they are. But just, like, shows up how shows how they grow differently and just like milestones they reach it's like just under an hour and a half between an hour and an hour and a half we did not want to go see it but all i remember is coming out of the movie and it was like the biggest i told you so moment from my mom she was like if you guys had just not complained and gone in like they probably got us popcorn and whatever to bribe us to go and we came out and we all loved it because it's the most heartwarming like you just like watch the babies like reach their milestones and we're all like baby people as well like because we've grown up with them in the house my mom like taught a lot of classes for like early motherhood things and the babies would come over whatever whatever we all loved it and has this like last scene is the most beautiful so the babies are reaching two and the last one is one of them standing up and like staying balanced for the first time i just rewatched it just now and like in this field with like the sky in the background and i can like picture myself now being like okay that was actually fun to watch even though we were so young and so i don't know this is the first time i remember really not wanting to watch a movie and then coming out and being like i should not have complained so much and i could have just tried it 
This so, looks yeah. beautiful, Lily. I, I want to watch this now. <laughs> you should watch it. But, like, do you know what I mean of, like, just giving it a chance? Yeah. And, like, especially if someone else is picking it, I feel like I'll drag other people in to watch the movies I've like like very ridiculous yep she's made me watch all the barbie movies please help (laughs) sos help me right now lily is keeping me hostage and you know what if you did i'm sure you'd like one of them yes that's what i'm saying help me (laughs) (laughs) i'm kidding i'm kidding i'll watch a barbie movie lily um i've only seen one so i'm not the biggest help the 12 dancing princesses <laughs> Catherine o'hara she's great wait wait okay okay wait with before we move on from the babies documentary first of all lily how the hell is your family so wholesome okay every time you talk about your family it's like the most wholesome thing ever it's like your dad putting like pillows in the floor to watch (laughs) singing in the rain your mom watching like this beautiful wholesome documentary about babies and you know you have to picture them dragging us to the theater kicking and screaming because my dad was trying to let my mom like have a nice like mother's day like he was like come on kids like picture we were real Uh brats uh about it okay you still are but yeah okay still brats to this day (laughs) apparently um yeah i think it's a sweet story too but i wish we didn't give her such a hard time but it's also a fun story to think of and like remind us to try things that our family and friends want us to watch because it could be good yeah i'm looking at the documentary right now and there's like a goat drinking the water from a baby who's getting bathed and i'm reading the the description and it says like four babies around the world from mongolia to nambia to san francisco to tokyo this is like this is like the sensate for babies this is like it's <laughs> what do you have to say about that fernando great comparison no thank you thank you thank you <laughs> do you know what sensate is lily no it's like a, a show made by the wachowski sisters who did the matrix and it's about like eight different people around the globe who are, like, connected mentally and they can, like, feel what each other are feeling. And they're, like, in different regions of the world. Yeah, exactly like and that. they're, like, <laughs> so it's like, But there's, like, babies. Yeah. I was actually reading reviews about it today and people were, who were, like, forced to watch it for, like, their classes and they're, like, uh, like, an hour and 17 minutes of, like, no narration, no explanation, like, no one's talking. You're just watching babies, like, drink and like eat for like it would just be like four minutes of the baby like having milk and you're just like uh (laughs) (laughs) so don't watch it if you don't like that style documentary i guess but if you're interested in babies or like you're fine to just sit and watch things roll out and happen i think it's fun but yeah i thought it was very beautiful next up after this inspiring note this was in 2010 or 2011 i'm moving on to 2012 was the first time I ever really, really loved a movie. Like, I decided, like, I love this movie. Like, actually, it's, like, movies. It's three. It's Uh a series. I know you guys have been waiting to hear about this one. It's in my top four, Letterboxd. Well, in grade two, it's 2012. And it's one of those kind of, like, rainy day lunches where they put a movie on or, like, uh, pizza lunch and they put a movie on. Like, I don't really know what it was. But we were all sitting on the floor And our teacher chooses the movie in those, like, old boxy TVs. And it's Anne of Green Gables. Now you know. I knew you were going there. (laughs) Good. So this is 1985. Kevin Sullivan is the director. And it's starring Megan Follows, if any of that means anything. But it's the first time. It was a lot of firsts for me, apparently. It was the first time I came home and said, like, I love this movie. It's, like, officially, like, my favorite movie. I hadn't had a favorite movie before grade two, really, that I can remember. 
It was also the first time I cr- I remember crying during a movie. I don't want to give a spoiler. Yeah, don't. I won't give a spoiler. Someone <laughs> dies. <okay. gasps> How dare you, Lily? I was about to watch Anne of Green... What the hell? Anne of Green Gables tonight. And now you spoiled it. I didn't say who. Okay. I'm saying someone did die. And it was the first time I can picture myself crying during the movie with my entire class. I'm hoping other people were crying too because that would be a little <laughs> bit awkward. But um, yeah, and I read the first book later on but this is like Anne of Green Gables is a book series I don't know mm-hmm. neither of you have like read seen there's also like the new tv show and with an e but that's been canceled it wasn't very good anyway but this was a lot of firsts I loved it it was the first time I cried and it was the first time I had a movie crush oh. on Jonathan Crombie played Gilbert Blythe which is like Anne of Green Gables like love interest in the films and I yeah that's him that's your crush <laughs> no can you pull up one that's Juan is no I'm showing <laughs> Lily a picture of her childhood crush okay it's like for those of you listening at home just She's imagine imagine like basic white man like 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 that <laughs> show from in the movies okay 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 i see I he see. pulls up like when he's like a middle-aged man like in the <laughs> movies he's like a young like their school kind of age like he was probably a little bit yeah <laughs> <laughs> stop i didn't no, laugh when no. you said you liked emma watson uh, yes and i stand <laughs> I by that okay with you i was like yeah like True. And I am agreeing with you. I think Jonathan of Green Gables is a very beautiful guy. His name is Gilbert guy. Blythe in the movies. And I was obsessed with him. He was my first crush. I claimed him to be, like, my crush. Like, if someone, like, was like, oh, like, who's your crush? I'd be like, oh, he's from a movie. <laughs> he's Gilbert <laughs> Blythe. I loved him. And I also just really loved Anne. I don't really remember, like, coming home and, like, gushing about it so, so much to my family. But apparently it was enough because what I do remember is one day my mom came back from, I think, Costco where they had box sets of movies. I don't really know. I swear it was from Costco and she came back with a box set of Anne of Green Gables and I cried when she gave it to me because I was so excited. I don't even think I knew that they had made more, but there are two more movies. They're like split into five discs, but Anne of Green Gables, the sequel and Anne of Green Gables. That's so creative. The continuing oh story. No. So in the sequel, uh-huh. she becomes a school teacher and she finally like gets together with Gilbert <gasps> and it's like spoiler so beautiful. No, like she dates other people like don't worry. Like that's oh, not like the whole thing. Oh shit, okay, I see. It goes different ways. And then <laughs> in Anne of Green Gables, the continuing story, Gilbert goes to war. <gasps> I know. No. I know. No. It's devastating. Oh no! <laughs> Your crush died. No, no, no. It's a happy ending. Wait. End, okay. Though. First World War or Second World War? Like the first. Oh no! He fought in the trenches. But she is like such the hero. Like no one really like you don't really see him go to war. Like it's very irrelevant that like he's like fighting. <laughs> like cool. she's the hero. Like she like travels around and I she's see. looking for him and she's making friends along the way. And there's this one scene where she's like not like where they I don't really know where she is at this point, but she's been traveling la- around trying to track him down. She like, like goes, in Europe? Yeah. During World War 1? Yeah. Oh, very safe. She's because she's amazing. <laughs> she is amazing. 
and she's going around she's finding connections she's like going to the post office or like trying to go to the hospital seeing like who's died like it's guys it's very sad and very devastating because like all these people are dying and like people her friends husbands who have gone to war they're getting the letters and she's going to the funerals of those guys and she's just like waiting she's like it's gonna be him like she's so nervous but that doesn't stop her she's like traveling around risking her life in europe she like goes to like london or something and then she meets these girls who are kind of like entertainers like they like sing on the stage to like entertain people who are like in a safe zone like I don't really know they're hired to do something like that she joins them on stage she's singing and one of the soldiers in the crowd <gasps> he turns around you see the back of his head <gasps> and he turns around he recognizes her voice no and he like, is not sus- like suspecting that she would be all this way like he thinks she's back like in Avonlea like in Green Gables in Canada in PEI I'm going to PEI this summer to go like tour the whatever like the landmarks okay guys i'm very (laughs) excited he turns around and there she is up on the stage and they reunite it's the best scene ever 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 it's beautiful happy ending at the end of the movie anyway this is like my favorite relationship ever ann and gill they're beautiful and you should watch these films because i'm sure you guys would love them too Hey, will do. It's on the list right now. I feel like I already watched them. Hearing that beautiful <laughs> recap, uh, I feel like I already know all the twists and turns in the Anne Gilbert relationship. Good. I'm glad. It's like the best movie relationship there is. So now I still have the box set in my basement, and I'm like pretty sure nearly every year I rewatch like the entire all five discs, like the three movies. Usually, like when I'm homesick, and I'll watch all of them again because yeah. they're just so comforting. And I think that another part of it, I was talking to Sophie. Sophie's one of my friends, and we found out this year that we were both obsessed with the Anne of Green Gables movies <gasps> as kids. And I was talking to her and, like, why we thought we liked it so much. And I think partly is, like, uh, as a young girl, and Anne at the beginning of the movies was a young girl in elementary school. She went to, like, this single-room schoolhouse, but, like, whatever, elementary school equivalent. Um, and just maybe we associated with a few things about her because she was kind of close to our age so she's like a big chatterbox I think is maybe I saw a bit of myself in her she was also extremely competitive because Anne and Gil did I mention they're like enemies to lovers trope Mm. and so like in school they were so competitive and like hated each other like she wouldn't talk to him because she was so competitive about their marks and like how they were doing in school (laughs) and so I guess I think just her being so competitive and stubborn and things like that I really like to see that in, like, a young girl character my age. I maybe didn't notice it at the time, but looking back, I think maybe I saw a few things like that. She was, yeah, she held grudges (laughs) and things like that. (laughs) Not in a threatening way, just in that she was very, like, stubborn in her mind and, like. You know what? I like that. Strong, independent woman. She's very strong-willed, all things like that. So I still, like, feel very connected to Anne. And reading the books, I hadn't read them, like, before grade two. But I read one after I knew I liked the movies. And I still feel, like, connected to her character. So, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to (laughs) play a song. This is Anne's theme from the film. And I can't, like, express enough. I hadn't listened to it. Two nights ago, I was making the playlist for what I wanted to play on this episode. And I was like, I want to play one from Anne of Green Gables. So I was going through and I played Anne's theme. Like the 
do you know the feeling like when you play something from like your favorite movie ever that's just kind of instrumental and like you can see what they're doing in it and you can feel it like I could just feel everything and all of her emotions and like coming back to Green Gables and her home and stuff like that anyway this song just listen to it and try to picture I know you guys can't fully because you haven't watched the movie yet yeah I'll try my best you will tonight so I'll play this one now this is Anne's theme
you want to change the state of the world, but instead you keep buying material goods to satisfy whatever desire you have in that very moment? Me too. But now you can do both. Brock Shop and Community Thrift is a local vintage shop that fulfills your 1970s old chic fantasy while also supporting at-risk people through their compassionate and supportive work training program. All of their profits go to the PHS Community Services Society to support ongoing health care, harm reduction, and health promotion projects in Vancouver and Victoria. So stop by their two locations, Community Unisex on West Hastings or Community Frock Shop on Corral Street. And if you know any other local businesses that deserve recognition for their generous business practices or their contributions to the community, please DM us on Instagram at CITR and Discorder because we would love to spotlight them. Because hey, if you can't stop buying, you might as well start supporting. Discover Noreen Braun's album, Songs for Trees, dedicated to the forests and the spirits within the trees. As we fight climate change, trees are the lungs of the planet and we need to help them. Her jazz and blues are blended with rock and synthesized pop elements to create a textured and ambient soundtrack to nature. Songs for Trees is a narrative with each song guiding us through a journey through the forest, a trip literally and metaphorically about the interconnectedness of all things. The Vancouver Sun names it one of five albums you need to hear. Find out more at noreenbraun.com. A person with HIV can now live a long, healthy life thanks to treatment. But the first step is to get tested. The sooner you know your HIV status, the better. You can now test yourself at home with just a prick of the finger and get results within a minute. Order a free HIV self-test kit online at selftest.catie.ca. That's selftest.catie.ca. Your health is at your fingertips. A message from CATIE, Canada's source for HIV and hepatitis C information. Please Be Nice is a trans female psychedelic pop artist and producer blending indie pop with hip hop and rock. Her second album release titled Doing Just Fine features 11 tracks that draw inspiration from various sources including thrifted vinyl records from artists like Dijon, Tame Impala, Phoebe Bridgers, and Jay Dilla. Please Be Nice presents an album release show for Doing Just Fine on April 21st at 648 Kingsway, hosted by Dusk Quain with artists like Tough Cell and Bell Tower opening the show. For more information and for tickets, you can go to Instagram at pleasebeniceyo and check her Instagram link in bio.
Welcome back to the real world. This is your host, Alvaro Sá, talking to you from CITR 101.9 FM Vancouver. I hope you'll enjoy that musical break, but now it is time to jump right back into the topic, which is Lily's list of the movies that made her. I am once again unable to hear myself through the radio, but I hope He's I'm... really stressed right now. I hope I'm on air. <laughs> yeah, Anyways, yeah. Lily, take it off. Uh, keep talking about Anne of Green Gable if you want, or, you know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you just listen to Anne's theme from probably one of my favorite movies ever Anne of Green Gables this is like the first one and what we just discovered us three me Fernando and Juan are kindred spirits <laughs> um, <gasps> we've added Fernando to the list yes. it, it took me like it took me like three months to get into the kindred spirits list and it takes Fernando like five minutes how <laughs> dare you Lily Fernando has been kindred spirit for a long time actually he didn't even fill the application what application? I fill the application. I send it your way. I send my resume. Oh. What application? What's Do, that? the kindred spirit with Lily oh. application? <laughs> you were making a joke, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop making jokes. Okay, how about that, Lily? Serious one is coming to play. Okay, okay. Serious one. Darn, no more jokes. No, yeah, no more. Damn. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, Anne of Green Gables was my introduction to kindred spirits. Anne and Diana. I didn't even mention Diana, guys. Sorry. The hell's Diana? This is Anne's best friend in the series. Um, And they're kindred spirits. And they were like a very important display of friendship when I was growing up. I always looked up to their relationship. Moving on from Anne of Green Gables. I'm going to transition to the first movie to traumatize me. Love that. This was in 2016. I'm jumping a bit ahead because of time. (laughs) <laughs> but um this movie i just like separated my mind from anything else i watched it at a sleepover of course don't watch it at a sleepover don't watch it so i must have been 10 years old 26 11 the fact that you were 11 in 2016 <laughs> makes me feel so freaking old Might have been Lily. 2015 <laughs> then. um yeah i was 11 years old i went to my i was living in vancouver and i went to my friend's house in maple ridge for a sleepover so that's like 45 minutes away an hour i don't really know with traffic and i went to sleepover we were having a very fun time and we wanted to put a movie on before we went to bed and somehow we landed on room Huh. Um, is that with Brie Larson? Yes, okay. with Brie Larson. Oh, yeah, I can see how that could be traumatizing to a little girl. Um, Yeah, I just found out the director also directed Normal People and Conversations with Friends, two of like my... Well, Normal People is one of my favorite TV shows, so I didn't know that. This is Lenny Abrahamson. Oh. Um, but yeah, this is with Brie Larson, and I was at the sleepover... And I was so scared when we were trying to fall asleep that um, I I just I couldn't stay there anymore after I'd watched that movie with my friends. Somehow, like they were fine. We were going to bed. I went over to her mom's room, like a door down. I woke her up. It was like 2 a.m. or something like it was like past midnight. I woke her up and I told her I was sick and I had to go home because I could not sleep. Not in my own house. I was so scared of this movie. I told her I was sick. I needed a drive. Um, And so she drove me. We met my dad. We called, woke up my dad, told him I was so sick that I couldn't stay at the sleepover anymore. And he had to drive halfway between Vancouver and Maple Ridge. And she drove like halfway. We met at a gas station. 
I remember him picking me up and me having to admit that I wasn't sick. I don't know if I told him on the phone that it wasn't because I'm actually sick, but I remember telling her and telling my friends that I was feeling so sick and I was going to like throw up or something, which like I might have because I was so scared. <laughs> anyway, he picked me up, drove me home and like I was fine like once I got to my own house. But that was the first time that I was so horrified of a movie. I'm still in touch with this friend. I've never told her <laughs> that it was because I wasn't sick. Now, you know, if you're tuning in right now, now you know that Lily wasn't sick that day. She just hated you and wanted to leave desperately. That was my biggest lie ever. Yeah. <laughs> Revealing to her. Um, yeah. She's not listening. But yeah. Oh, <laughs> whoa. No, what if she is, way. Lily? She's not listening, though. I've never told her that. I don't it hasn't come up but yeah they still to this day think i was sick but it was because it was so scary and this has been like really like got in my head like at 11 years old because it's this girl who's abducted and like raped and kept captive and it was just a very scary thing to see and i did not know what i was getting into i wouldn't have watched the movie if i had known what it was about but that definitely like set me off and like it became like i don't know how to describe it if it's like oh like what's your biggest fear or stuff like that but that was something that was like in my head like ever since that like up until now like i think about that movie and like it really really spooked me mm. yeah it doesn't seem like something you should watch when you're like 10 or 11 that's yeah. way too young yeah you guys have seen that i haven't i love it i think it's a great you film like brie larson though don't you um, have you said she, that she's okay I, she, I like her in scott pilgrim when she yeah. sings okay it's so good that scene when she sings it. okay i don't think we have much overlap. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, she she kills it in Room and, and her and uh, Jacob Tremblay. Like, this is a film that discovered him, you know, the child actor who's yeah. now huge in Hollywood. And he's acted in, like, Doctor Sleep and Wonder and a bunch of other productions. He's also voicing Flounder in the live-action remake of The Little Mermaid. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, great film. I've I, never been able to rewatch it. Like, I, all I have is, like, what I remember from fair. it and what I've read about it now since. Just because it's it's just really been in my mind since I haven't yeah. been able to put it on again. Just because I remember, like, how much it scared me. um, And, like, how it created such, like, a constant, like, fear and, like, being horrified of that this happens to people and girls and in the world. And, like, people would do such a thing. Um, but from what I've read, like the performances are outstanding and it takes place all in one room. And so that's like a lot of pressure and it's closed in on them. And, but like they use the space in there, the two of them, like Jacob Tremblay, did you say? Yes. And Brie Larson, like their relationship and dynamic working together is really great from what I've read about it at least is that what you're saying yeah this is also one of the first movies from A24 like this is like I I I might be mistaken but I think this is like the first A24 movie that like really caught fire and people were like whoa what is this like little indie studio doing and like of course right now A24 just won the most Oscars in the last Oscar season so you know funny to see how far they've come you know from traumatizing Lily to being (laughs) Lily's favorite movie of 2022 well full circle Yeah, I'm proud of them. They really turned it around. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, and so this is in also in 2016, the same year. I thought I'd put like a happier (laughs) memory in there. Not necessarily something that super shaped me, but it's something I look back on really fondly and like a really good movie memory for me. And this is referencing back to Twist and Shout, what came at the beginning of the episode. Big reveal since neither of you got it, but my dad texted me right away and I'm glad he did because... The section is my favorite movie moment with my dad. <gasps> and we watched um, 
Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, of course it's Ferris Bueller. Oh, I feel I feel ashamed of myself. You should. How did I not guess that? Damn. I could just think of all the Beatles. Anyways, keep 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 going. Anyway, um, this was I remember it was New Year's Eve in 2016, and I'm assuming oh. my siblings had gone to a party together or something. They were in high school at this point. Maybe my mom was asleep. I don't really know. But we were scrolling through movies that we could watch. We just thought New Year's Eve we'd like watch a movie together or something. And my dad was like, oh, we should watch this one. So this is another one that he introduced me. He said he liked it. And so we stayed up and we watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And we fell asleep before midnight. <laughs> and that's how I remember it. Because we didn't fall asleep during the movie. But by midnight, we were already asleep. So it tucked us right in. And it's just a great family movie. And one of in my opinion like best or my favorite singing movie moment to watch because he's like in the parade and his friends can't find him and all of a sudden they turn around and it's just the most energetic everyone's joining in ferris bueller's up on the parade who knows how he got there but he's ferris like of course he can and he's singing twist and shout and like everyone starts to dance and i just love that singing moment it's definitely one of my favorite movie ones to watch how old how old were you when you watched this movie it's, this is also 2016, so like 11. How did how did your dad explain the nurse scene? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about, Lily? Which one? <laughs> you know, there's a scene where like Ferris Bueller is, is faking being ill and he's, you know, alone at home and like people are like sending him gift baskets and stuff because they're like, oh, Ferris Bueller is sick. And yeah. then you have like this very sexy looking nurse who knocks on the door and she says, and I quote, I heard that you were feeling ill, headache, fever, and a chill. I came to help restore your pluck because I'm the nurse who likes to... And then the film cuts <laughs> to the next scene. <laughs> how, how, did, how, did, how did Adam explain that? Adam did not explain. <laughs> it just went whoosh over your head. That must have gone over my head because it's not at all what I remember <laughs> from the film, though. I, I remember watching... The, I was like eating cereal when I watched this movie for the first time and she said that and I like, spit it out. I was like, what, what the hell? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I love this movie. Very fun. Actually, actually, hey, not to turn this into a thing about myself, but I, I actually used a quote from Ferris Bueller in uh, my final graduation speech. You know, when that I was, was epic, and it went down in. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, your words, not mine, okay? <laughs> but y- you well, know, I was explaining his grad speech yesterday. <laughs> he said everyone was in awe. I, no, like, no, okay, no. That's how he described hey, it. The, you know, hearsay, your words against mine. You know, everything that you say can and will be used against you, Lily, in a court of law. But uh, yeah, I used I used the quote where like uh, that is like, you know, life moves pretty fast, and if you don't stop once in a while, you might miss it or something like that. I'm paraphrasing right yeah. now, but it's a, it's a beautiful quote. I liked it a lot, and I I said it in my speech to reflect on how time passed so quickly and that's look at us inspiring. now when we're graduating. And yeah, it was an awesome speech, okay, Lily? Yeah, I believe okay? you. That's really inspirational. Anyways, keep going. I love it, and I love the movie, <laughs> so that's fine by me. Um, okay, next one, I don't have a timeline for this. I just like put it here because I think it was about this time, middle school, beginning of high school, I watched The Truman Show. Oh, hell yes, For Lily. the first time, and in grade 12, we watched it again, and I got to like write one of my like final essays on <gasps> it. What class was this? english oh okay um we were like i don't even know like what unit it was like capitalism and like marxism like in whoa um in english class like we had some sort of unit and we watched the truman show so i was excited about that but i watched it i'd seen it before then so i got to be the person who like always knew what was about to happen and like that was very fun um 
I don't remember when or like where I was when I watched it, but it just became one of those movies that I'm like referencing in my head. Um, you know what I mean by like the movies that you quote out loud, like with your friends that are a joke and like things like that. But yeah. then there's also the movies that are just like in your head, like you're, it's more of like a subconscious, like your mind seems like trained to reference them a little bit. Yep. And this just became one of them. I think it was the first time I was thinking a little bit about reality and like freedom from a film I guess and his liberation and escape and stuff like that and even like media exploitation because like I'm very into reality tv and stuff like that so it had me thinking about a lot of new things and it's gone on and like continues to this day to be something I think about a lot and I think it also has like this quality of you know how you guys have both seen it right Yes. I freaking love the Truman Show, so keep going. So you know how when he's in the streets and a lot of the movements are like choreographed and just like look very specific and like he starts to notice like, oh, they're crossing at this one time and like the way. And it's just one of those things that I feel like is in the back of my head just when I'm out and about like ever since I watched it that that I'll like think in my head like oh that was almost Truman Show-esque like that that happened at that time like what's really going on here (laughs) so Truman Show was to you what the Matrix was to me you know an awakening into deep thinking and philosophical questioning yeah that's beautiful Lily I'm happy for you (laughs) I'm I'm glad you had that experience I mean to be fair like you know I I talked about this in my episode and in fact as a matter of fact when Lily applied for this position of junior radio liaison um, you know, one of the questions I asked was, what's your favorite film? And I remember Lily talked about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which is also written by Charlie Kaufman, who wrote The Truman Show. Jeez, Did he? fun fact. Yeah, yeah. Char- Charlie Kaufman, genius. Love him so much. And yeah, he's also one of those screenwriters and filmmakers who their scripts, their stories always make you think. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, connecting the dots, Lily. Thank you for that. Um, You're welcome. Yeah. So I still love this movie. I'm glad I got to write about it in grade 12. Wait, he didn't? No. No. Yeah, he did. <laughs> no. No. You wait. Wait. Am I lying in Fact front of checked. everyone? No. 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 I was no, about no. to believe it. No. Wait. No. Tr- Charlie Kaufman had to write the Truman Show. No. <laughs> what the hell? Aren't you thinking of being John Malkovich? Sorry for derailing your Yes! Yes! Oh my god! I apologize. <laughs> You're so right, Fernando. It's I, okay. It's okay. You'll, you'll come back from this. Damn, I just got Damn. fact-checked. <laughs> Sorry. I just got destroyed. No, I'm glad Fernando was here. I was really trusting in that. Dude, I'm gonna go up on YouTube into one of those video compilations. Like, <laughs> a little film fan gets destroyed <laughs> by facts. <laughs> Hashtag Ben Shapiro. You're going to be a meme. (laughs) I'm going to turn into a meme. (laughs) Damn. Well, yeah, I apologize. That was a huge brain fart from my part. Yeah. Wait, but I think. Wait, so what was the connection now? Being John. It's being John Malkovich. Yeah. Is connected to Eternal Sunshine. To Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, yeah. because I remember you told me to watch it after the interview. Yeah. And and the the connection between Eternal Sunshine and. Truman, Truman Show is just Jim Carrey, okay? My, my mind just played m- yeah. mind tricks. That's trick, fair. Okay? That's fair. At least there's a connection. There is. There is one. Yeah, serious Jim Carrey performance. Hell yeah. yes. Anyway. Thank you, Fernando. Okay. While Juan reflects on what he just did to our show's credibility, <laughs> I'm going to continue. Um, yeah. <laughs> what I was saying about the Truman Show. I guess I would also... I remember 
being younger and thinking about like people being real i don't know if this is relatable Whoa, at all but you know when like you drive by someone and you're just like i can't believe that that person has like a whole life oh, like yeah. a whole depth of life that like and they just drove by and they've got all of that so it's not like i'm saying after this i was like oh like you discovered they, empathy maybe they don't <laughs> like they are actors like it's not like i actually was but i think it just added to that thought of like i always thought it was so interesting of like that's weird that in my head like the world does like revolve around ourselves in a way like each of us like what's in our head and what we know but it's true that everyone else that you just pass on the street or on completely other side of the earth like have a life and i'm i wasn't seriously like questioning that rationally i knew that but i always thought it was a little bit suspicious like how is that possible and then after watching this it was just like funny to see i guess that like oh they were all actors around him like maybe i am maybe i am truman Hey, I I'm think not you are. <laughs> you know, hey, Fernando, it's time to come clean. I'm an actor, okay? I'm, I've been paid by the man up above. Ed Harris pays me to keep Lily here trapped. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm saying, like... <laughs> I'm a very good actor, though. He pays me He pays me big money, okay? Fernando, he's one of those cheap ones. I'm waiting one for the one. I'm waiting for that one person who breaks character. You're waiting for the Juan? No. <laughs> I'm not waiting for the Juan. I can I'm... break character right now. Lily, there's a dream. You got to get out. You got to get out. Run, you gotta run. get out. Yeah, I'm still waiting you for see, that moment in my life because wh- I just know. When when my down. boss hired me and Fernando, like he hired me for like a main role and he hired Fernando for like an extra backup role. Like he was meant to be like one of the, oh, the extra Mexican so, like, kid. Fernando's getting in trouble you know, because for, he's like, becoming too like relevant. Exactly. Or he, he became too relevant. I'm a fan favorite. And, and they right. keep requesting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That all ties back. Guys, it's actually adding up. You've you see, been saying, you've been trying to justify why Fernando's coming back to the episode and you're saying fan favorite. Like you're literally giving me the answer. They're, yeah. they're actual fans out there. Do, does that does that mean I'm not a fan favorite and that's what I'm getting taken off the real world? <laughs> that's why that's... <laughs> you, you said Damn. it yourself. Oh, uh, I can't believe this. I'm, I'm about to be demoted. I'm about to be fired from this production <laughs> of uh, uh, Lily's show. I know it's real. You're trying to make it a joke, but like, that could be it. <laughs> it could, could be, be it. We don't really know. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. I'm going to play a song to transition into my next section, and I'm sure that you guys will know what I'll be talking about next. Avengers Infinity War. Definitely. Yeah, how do you know? <laughs> okay, see you guys after the break. Happy to meet me Blossom of snow May you bloom and grow Bloom and grow forever Edelweiss, Edelweiss Bless my homeland forever
and white, clean and bright, you'll look happy to meet me. Blossom of snow, may you bloom and grow, bloom and grow forever. The 22nd edition of DOXA Documentary Film Festival returns May 4th to 14th, 2023. This year, DOXA is once again returning to local theaters. CITR and Discorder Magazine are a proud partner of Ma Saigon, a feature-length documentary by Montreal-based filmmaker Kuala that constructs a dynamic ode to Saigon's queer and trans communities through a series of intimate character portraits. Visit doxafestival.ca for tickets and we hope to see you there. Where do you go to cry? Where do you go to scream? Where do you go to sing at the top of your lungs and play instruments and be free? You can join UBC Cry Club. UBC Cry Club provides instruments and a judgment-free zone for people to let loose and be free using music as therapy. UBC Cry Club meets at 8 p.m. on Wednesdays at the Fraser River Parkade. For more information, go to M01E on Instagram. Welcome back to the real world. This is your host, Tom Polosa, talking to you from CITR 101.9 FM Vancouver. I hope you all enjoyed that musical break. But now it's time to jump right back into the movies that shaped Lily Grove. So that that you listened to just now was Edelweiss, which is my favorite song to listen to, I guess, from the movie I'm going to talk about now, which is The Sound of Music, um, starring Julie Andrews and Christopher Plummer. Hell yeah. Um, I really like, I don't, I just think their singing in this one is very beautiful. And it's like Liesl, my favorite of like the Von Trapps. And she's like kneeling down next to her dad and like joining in with his singing as he's like serenading the family. It's very beautiful. They sound very great together. Anyway, I'm talking about this one because it's been a part of my life for a long time. I know we have the D- DVD in my basement. I've rewatched it as a kid, but when it really came into my life and became like a big part of my life was in 2019 2020 specifically I know I watched it as a kid but it kind of circled back and came back to me um and I think I've mentioned before that my family like fosters um babies like and we've fostered babies for like 10 these past 10 years now um and in 2017 to 2020 we had 
my one foster sister for like two and a half years and before this we'd only ever had babies like up until maybe eight months like so this was the first time I had a younger kind of sibling who could talk um, and you could like really communicate with otherwise it had just been like baby baby like you're holding them type thing but now she she could run and she could talk and she could sing Um, and so the first thing is that we would sing um, and that I taught her I guess like she knew like baby songs I guess was the sound of music and we'd watch like scenes together and she really liked a lot of the songs from this film and I just I was thinking about it and I think it's very beautiful because part of what Julie Andrews or her character does for the Von Trapps is bring music like back into their household like after like the past mom died or whatever happened she brings music back and has the Von Trapps like all of their beautiful voices singing again and we hadn't like lost music in my house or anything but it was something like this movie specifically like brought back a lot of these old songs to me and I would sing them with my two and a half year old um, foster sister and she loved them and she would like watch scenes with me and she was specifically good at singing my favorite things, Do Re Mi and So Long Farewell. Um, And so it was just, this is just a good memory for me and that's how I think it impacted my life a lot was the music that they play in it and it brought us a lot closer me and my foster sister and I still see her like today and she knows the songs and she'll sing them and because she'll sing them at home and things like that um and she would dance to them and so they're just like nice memories to look back on you see what I mean every time that Lily tells a story about her family it's like the most wholesome thing ever also Yet another movie about a magical, well, not magical, but about but a nanny, nanny that comes in to, you know, like sings to the children, help the family, make you, them like get an theme. order. Did you have a nanny growing up? Mm, no. Damn. Really. Okay. Well, I guess it's just a, a subgenre you gravitate towards. You know, magical nannies helping, helping <laughs> little pricks, helping <laughs> little, helping little pricks. And they're always trying to get rid of the nanny. Yeah. They don't really want her there, but at the but end, then they love her. She's a part of the family. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, I love that. Um, you do (laughs) but yeah it just it influenced a lot of my memories with her and I like look back on like some of the videos of of us like that we sing (laughs) together like very fondly um but yeah this particular foster sister I had was just she was very interested in music and that was kind of like our biggest bonding connection thing she was obviously very close with like my siblings and everyone but I think that's what brought us together and another set of songs that we would sing and i would try to teach her <laughs> were from mamma mia so that's yes. the of next course talk about. of course i was waiting for um, it so that was like also a big part of what we would listen to in my house and what we'd play and clips we'd play during this like two and a half years of my life we would play sound of music music and we would play abba songs hell yeah um <laughs> you taught your two-year-old so- uh, sister how to sing give me give me give me a man after midnight no but she so- knew honey honey oh okay okay <laughs> good i'm glad <laughs> that was a funny one that she would sing <laughs> oh. um, and this is aside from like singing these songs with her it was just like such a fun trick like i would just like teach her like my favorite songs because i had already loved mama mia and i loved abba and it's like one of my favorite comfort movies fernando join in on this 
Yes. Every single time I'm in this booth, Mamma Mia comes up. Good. Because Mamma Mia is the movie of all time. Yes. <laughs> Lily dragged me into watching Mamma Mia at a beer garden here at UBC. I'm kidding. I went I went in my own free will and, and it was a great it. experience. Okay. We sang all the ABBA songs. They're great. And there is truly like, I really do think the movie is amazing. Like, it And is. it's not just like, oh, it's a fun little like campy little like watch to not really pay attention to i actually think it's so good i love to watch it i love the songs the summer energy and like it feels so real and like they've i don't know there's something about i don't know why i think of this but like they have their frizzy hair and like their flushed cheeks and just like the energy that they put in it feels so real i guess like in such a summer and they're always like running the way i think of it in like high energy the whole thing so this is yeah this is also the movie that got me interested in abba yes and so that's kind of important <laughs> i hadn't really listened to abba before which Fair enough. i get like hated on <laughs> wow by one of my friends who was like abba originally freaking abba gatekeepers you know i saw i saw mamma mia in theaters when it came out like my parents took me and i remember i was very also confused by like all the sexual innuendos but uh, <laughs> i remember i remember like for a very long time i thought like no the songs were written for the movie like it, yeah. this is like an original soundtrack made for the movie and then when people started talking about abba i'm like what the, what the hell are you talking about like those are the songs They're from mamma mia, mia. Like, i saw those in the them. song yeah what is happening awkward I also yeah. thought Rocky was a real boxer, but you know, okay, that's uh, <laughs> let's not get into Juan therapy no. once again. <laughs> After we watched Mamma Mia for Film Suck, yeah, Juan told me <laughs> when I first watched it, I thought Christine Baranski was hot. Yo, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hearsay, it's his word against me. Man. And I love Christine Baranski, so I'm proud of Juan for admitting that. <laughs> Listen. A very young one was a bit confused by what this old woman how she was moving and how she was seducing a young guy in the beach i was like what the hell is happening that I'd- scene is so funny she says yes. does does your mother know yeah. yes to a guy after they presumably slept together yes <laughs> it's such a good film i'm so glad you mentioned it lily it's so good Listen, I'm happy you love it. And, you know, even though I I don't share your absolute enthusiasm for the film, I will agree with you that if there is one thing that I would have to highlight as absolutely exceptional, apart from the ABBA songs, it is the atmosphere. The atmosphere of Mamma Mia is exceptional. You know, those summer vibes. It is one of those movies that it, it manages to make you feel nostalgic, even though I've never lived anything like that. Like, I watch it and I, I, I feel the nostalgia for the Greek waves and the Greek ocean, even though I've <laughs> never been to Greece. It did move Greece to the top of my bucket list, too. That's how much it influenced me. When are, like, when are we going, Lily? Go. We, we've got to go. No, no, without Fernando. Only kindred Fernando? spirits. <laughs> only you and me, okay? Anyway, this is a more unpopular opinion, even maybe more than this last one. Mamma Mia, uh-huh. here we go again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Came out in 2020, meh, 2018. Uh, yes, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I also love this movie, and I really don't care what anyone has to say. I like the casting. I love, like, I just feel like a lot of the time, yeah, the sequel or this is kind of a prequel too, but... Um, <laughs> it's a godfather two of Mamma Mia's. <laughs> it's like, okay, what is it really doing for the fans? Like, it's not really giving us much, but I think, like, this sequel slash prequel does give us something. You get to see 
Donna before, you get to see these parallels that are being drawn between like her daughter and her life now. And she's like going through a lot of the same things that Donna went through at her age. And I don't think that's useless. I think it's really nice to see those parallels. And it's nice to see the three dads like come back and they're little like kind of feels like brotherly love for each other. And I think all of the what is it called like music numbers are amazing to see like dancing queen and they're all coming in on the boats and they yes. zoom in with the binoculars and like <laughs> i love that like that's so fun hell yeah and also i went to, i loved it so much when i saw it that this is the only movie that i've not only like paid to see in the theater again like i've gone back to see it again i went back and saw it four times damn because i had so many different people that i wanted to go see it with for some reason i saw it four times in theaters and i still really love it i think all of the numbers are amazing and i was very maybe like charmed by the cast because i love lily james and i think that the three younger boys are very cute <laughs> okay but also share and share share Share. So, there, share. so there's that. So <laughs> there there's is that. share. <laughs> so there's that, yeah. Hey, and she sings Fernando. She sings Fernando. So there's that. Fernando Which Garcia. in the previous episode, Fernando did tell us that he is called after the song, okay? It's not the other way around. <laughs> didn't write the song because of Fernando. Yeah. Fernando is called because of the song. Isn't there, doesn't Andy Garcia also play a guy named Fernando in the That's movie? That's the whole point. Yeah, I know, I know, but they, it's. <laughs> okay, they never reveal his name. Until Cher yeah. looks at him. Yeah, and she goes, And she screams, Fernando. <laughs> from, like, across the fucking And then fucking they do, island. like, the little, Sorry. like, step. And they have, like, their arms on each other's shoulders. And they're, like, going back. And they're doing their little number. And the, the fireworks. And of course there are. What is his name? Señor Cienfuegos? Or Fernando Cienfuegos. Yeah. <laughs> some shit like that. <laughs> I, I watched this in theaters, okay? I had friends who were just like Lily who dragged me. They were like, Juan, you gotta watch this. It's so... Fun. And they bring like new songs that we didn't get to hear in they the do? first one. Yeah. Uh, like When I Kissed the Teacher, all yeah. of those numbers. And like Angel Eyes. Christine Baranski. <laughs> <laughs> the Angel Eyes one is, and why did it have to be me? That I love that dance on the boat and they're dancing and <sighs> it's beautiful. And Meryl comes back as a ghost. I, and I cry when <laughs> she does because she's singing like, my love, my life. And it's like so beautiful. Good. It's so sad, and you're seeing her when she's younger, and then she, you're seeing her daughter. And then the ending when Cher sang "Super Trooper." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, it's that epic. I remember. That was fun. That it's was fun. Epic. It's so good. Okay, Lily, you have <laughs> ten more minutes because we have a hard cutoff at five thirty. <laughs> okay. Hey, we could keep talking about Cher if you want. I'll move on to my last couple movies, and then hopefully uh, we'll probably not do a song, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll do it. Moving on to after Mamma Mia, so this was 2018. Um, oh, I would have given some backstory. The backstory is that I was going to tell you guys a bit about the ones that we have watched, but each Christmas, my family goes to the movie theater and we watch a movie that like came out on Christmas, near Christmas, whatever, at the time. Um, and there's like a list, like we started doing it in 2012, but... The one that I do, like, really want to talk about is Little Women, which was in 2019, and this came out on Christmas. And I think that was, like, my favorite one that we went to see. There's a few others that I really liked, but Little Women specifically just 
stood out to me. It was one of the ones that I went to and it also, I came back and it became one that I loved. I think a lot of the movies that we went to see on Christmas were like, I love the experiences of going with my family. But this one, I came back and I think it was the first time that I really started like looking into Greta Gerwig and these actresses, Florence Pugh and Saoirse Ronan, who I don't think- And Emma Watson. And Emma Watson, but I think I was familiar with her before, but I don't think I was super familiar with a few of the others. And so it just like opened up a lot of new kind of actress interests and director interests. Um, And so this was like, must've been beginning of high school and- I remember crying so much watching it. I don't know what about it made me so emotional, but all like the the relationships that the four girls have. And I remember like finding places where I could connect with like each of their characters because it's just these four, the March sisters, and they're like all talented in these different ways and strong and they all have their own kind of like skills and kind of things to them. And I remember like trying to see which one I feel like most like and It was just really nice, I think, also, like, coming back and doing some more research on the film after I, like, really enjoyed watching it and looking at the behind the scenes and seeing kind of this super strong female leading family and, like, cast. What? No, nothing. My belly has been, like, (laughs) roaring for, like, the past 20 minutes. I apologize if you guys can hear my belly roaring. I I have barely eaten anything all day. (laughs) Fernando's hearing it. You you are not. But, hey, keep going. I I apologize, listeners. I think that I was really... I loved to see it. I looked at photos and videos behind the scenes, and it was just this, like, young female director directing this such strong set of female actresses and they were amazing in their roles and you see her like sitting on the couch and like you giving them direction and I just loved to see that and it was the first time I took up a little bit more like it was in 2019 but it was the first time that I took a bit more of an interest in like loving films in less of a just like recreational way like that I wanted to learn more about like filmmaking and stuff like that. And so I guess it shaped me in a way that like it was inspiring to see such like a strong female cast being directed by Greta Gerwig and I've always I've liked her a lot ever since look at us we both had Greta Gerwig films in our lists good hell yeah she's amazing she is you also like she Little is. Women and Greta Gerwig um, I prefer Later Bird and I'm so excited for Barbie <laughs> of course <laughs> it's not a real world episode with Lily if we don't mention Barbie <laughs> you are the one who brings up Barbie hey hey Barbie Oppenheimer is gonna be the greatest double watch ever yes also, yeah. Lily, by the way, if, if you want, we could we could also do a part two of your episode next week. If you still have many films that you would like to discuss, you know, that's always an option. We'll see. I'll finish this one off and we'll just play a song. To... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Lily will decide, I'll dear decide listeners. Later. You'll see. You'll tune in next week and see. It will just be a surprise. Yes. It will either be Lily or Silence or someone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it was also the first film that like I took really any interest in like the composed score for it Mm. I've mentioned before I don't really know if I'm supposed to put like a little French accent on it but it's like Alexander Alexandre Desplat like I don't really like know how to like make it sound very French (laughs) oh oui oui j'adore les Desplats but I went home and listened to the soundtrack I think it's the first time I ever like really did that and looked into what else he had composed and he did both Deathly Hollows Part 1 and 2, Twilight, New Moon, 
which I wish I had more time to talk about in this episode <laughs> hey, because you know I could. We have next week <laughs> if you want to talk about Twilight. Um, but yeah, I was just, I guess, in awe of after it, the feeling of that soundtrack. I still listen to it. I was listening to it yesterday. I showed Juan. It's <laughs> I love the Little Women um, soundtrack that he composed and all the other ones really that I've seen. He also did a lot of like the French Dispatch, some Wes Anderson ones as well that I haven't seen, but sounds impressive. But yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just play one last song to tie it up. But these are the major ones. Like I got to all of the major ones that I think shaped me in different ways, whether it was like making me interested in filmmaking or the score behind it or the songs that really impacted like what I like to listen to and listen to with my family. So those are all the big ones. And stay tuned because next week, maybe... We will be back with part two of the movies that shaped Lily Grome. Okay, Lily will think about it. You know, if you guys send her some mail, if you guys send her some messages being like, Lily, I am dying to hear about the other movies that shaped you. You know, maybe we'll be back here next Monday. But uh, yeah, uh, so we're going to go to the musical break. But, you know, after the musical break, the show is going to be over. So I think we should yeah. say goodbye. Uh, you will be listening to my favorite music moment from Mamma Mia. I still, yes. I thought we were going <laughs> to a Little Women song, but okay. <laughs> I have a Little Women moment, but we're not going to get to it. No, for um, next week. Okay, we save it for week, next week. Maybe. and But it, this is the ABBA version of... It, but it's my favorite. It's played for the favorite scene of Mamma Mia. Perfect. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in. You know, my tenured as radio liaison for the UBC Film Society is coming to an end. It's still not over next week. Um, next week, I think, will be my last episode as host. But once again, I can't wait to see what Lily does with the real world now that she's host. Um, thank you all so much for tuning in. It's been a pleasure. I've been Juan. He's been Fernando. Yes, I have. And this has been Lily Grow. Yeah. And this is the song from Mamma Mia. And here it is. Slowly dying